And a lot of times if I give my kids room to think things through, they will come to the same conclusion that I was, or they'll come up with something even more clever, but it doesn't feel as forced on them. And I think most teens want to feel respected and want to feel like they have some control over their life. Welcome to the Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we share life and leadership skills with teens and their parents. I'm Jenna. And I'm Rachel, and it's back to school time. Are you ready for school, Jenna? I don't know. You probably, out of all the other kids, like school the most. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it shouldn't be starting yet. (laughs) Like, you know? The summer went really fast. Well, on today's podcast, our special guest is going to help us get set up for school success this year. Our guest, Miranda Lamb's mission is to help moms of tweens and teens create emotionally healthy home that is vibrant, full of respect and laughter. Miranda is a city girl living in the country. She is a wife, mom to a blended family, and blogger at The Reluctant Cowgirl. She has worked with hundreds of teens and their families as a group facilitator for court-ordered groups. Miranda is also the author of two books for parents of teens, Responsible and Resilient Teens, 10 Secret Parenting Solutions at Work, and When Teens Hate School, 10 Smart Strategies to Overcome School Refusal. Welcome to our podcast, Miranda. Well, thanks so much for having me here, Rachel. I appreciate it. You're called the Reluctant Cowgirl. What is the story behind that name? (laughs) Uh, Well, as you mentioned, I am a city girl, so I grew up in Cincinnati, and I married a country boy. And we have been living in the country ever since we've been married. And he's always like grain cropped. And so I was kind of used to to that. But about six years ago, he decided that we were going to start buying cows. And now we have up to um, almost 100 cows. So that was a little bit of a bumpy transition uh, for me to get into the cattle business. Uh, so around our house, that was kind of my nickname was the reluctant cowgirl because I just wasn't sure about really all of this owning cattle and, and, and everything that comes with it, which is, it's satisfying, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. You like, can't take a day off. Uh, well, at least they're not, they're not dairy cattle, but yes, there is a lot to upkeeping and especially during the summer make, you know mowing and raking hay to get ready for all the hay that they're going to eat come winter. So so what cr- crops did you guys grow? Uh, we do uh, soybean and corn around here mainly. And then we do grow a lot of our, or, you know, make our own hay and uh, straw too. So that kind of helps balance, you know, all the, all the hay that the, the cows are going to, going to eat. So when I was a kid, uh, we lived in Nebraska for a while. Oh, okay. And just, just the seeing the rows of corn, there's something so satisfying about that for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's yeah. it, it feels like summer and yes. peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is neat living in a farming community. And I think that is one thing that finally kind of got me on board was that it's really been good for our kids it kind of grounds them a little bit, you know, having to do like day-to-day work and having to see just how much you're dependent on, 
you know, you can work hard and then you kind of have to depend on God to breathe the rain and that kind of stuff. So I think it just kind of grounds the kids and, and helps them be great workers too. So yeah, when we had, when we were raising pigs and bees and stuff, we really noticed that our kids, responsibility mm-hmm. is good for them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I enjoyed bees too <laughs> until they escaped and attacked us. One oh time, no, <laughs> I feel like there's a great story there. <laughs> So how did you get into working with teens and their families? Uh, I have always enjoyed teaching groups. Like from the first time I taught a group, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love teaching in a small group setting. And so about 12 or 13 years ago, I had the opportunity to start uh, working with parents and teens that were struggling with truancy and attendance issues. So I started doing that and um, we have like a four week program where families come in and it's nice because we get the parents and the teens and, you know, we work with them, you know, communication skills, setting up routines in the household, um, study skills, looking at um, how we're interacting with one another how, you know, what kind of goals we're setting. So I I really enjoy that. And I enjoy interacting with the courts too. I bet when they come in, nobody wants to be there. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They're all angry and no one wants to be there. Yes. Most of the time, parents don't want to be there. They don't understand, well, why do I have to be here? My, a lot of times my teen is the one that, you know, didn't want to go to school. So yes, I do find some satisfaction in trying to get everybody a little bit excited about the class. And by time they leave, pretty much 90, you know, 98% of the people are glad they came there because they just got to, you know, a moment in time where they had to stop and just focus on one another, listen to their teen. We have the teens do like fun exercises, you know, kind of like, you know, guess when your parents graduated and try not to make them too old. Um, (laughs) You know, so it's fun just getting to sit down and you're not doing anything else because there's so many distractions in the world. You're just focusing on communicating with one another and talking and laughing. And um, so by the time they leave, I I would say most of the people, they may not want to return, but they were glad for the group. That's awesome. So you talk about how to set your kid up for school success in the coming year. And you talk about doing a school agreement with your teen. How did you come up with this idea? I guess I started looking at, okay, what was helpful for me? What was it that in interacting with our teens, because we've got two that are grown and out of the house and we've got one 15 year old still at home. So I always try to kind of think, okay, would this work with my teen? Would this be helpful? And then, like I said, I've been doing this groups for so long that you kind of see some of the same themes pop up and you realize a lot of it is just, we're not talking to one another. And when we are talking, we're not talking when we're calm, we're talking during an argument. (laughs) And a lot of times all we're doing is venting. Um, we're, we're, as the parents, sometimes we're not even being clear on what we really want. And so I came up with this idea of like, okay, let's sit down before the year starts, or if the school year has already started, let's sit down when we're calm and just kind of listen to our teen. And, and then as a parent, I need to think through like, 
what is it that I want my kid to do? When I say, say do well at school, you know, what does that even mean? What, you know, cause what I say do well at school means something different than what you mean. Right. right. Um, so that was kind of how I came up with the school contract to kind of work through the different steps that may be areas that are trip, tripping up the teens, like not going to bed on time or not having a good routine in the morning or not knowing how to study. Can you give us the steps? Uh, yes. So for the back to school contract steps. Yeah. Um, so one, as I mentioned, discuss school expectations, you know, and expectations are not like right or wrong. It's just what I'm thinking is going to happen. And so sit down and talk with your teen and listen to them. Like, you know, Hey, when the, um, how do you feel like the last school year went? What do you want to do differently? Uh, what's something you're excited about? What are you worried about? What maybe is like stressing you out already that maybe I can help you with in the, in the, um, upcoming school year. So the first one is just sitting down and talking and discussing expectations. Um, the second one is I've seen that it's super important to create some kind of evening routine and bedtime routine. A lot of teens I work with are not going to bed on time. And, and like, you know, there I am being vague again, going to bed on time, you know, trying <laughs> to decide what is a good bedtime. Because a lot of teens are going to bed at like one, two in the morning. And then they're trying to get up at 5.30 or 6 the next morning. And, and that's, that's not going to work very well. I don't know how, you know, if you have a set bedtime for your kids. What time's your bedtime, Jenna? Well, <laughs> I kind of go to bed at 10 because okay. I just want to sleep enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I hate being tired the next morning. Yeah. I can see how this could be a real problem for a lot of teens, so. Yes, I think there's so much going on. Like, their friends are still up, sometimes texting them. There's always something to watch on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. And so, and there's always YouTube. And so a lot of times, helping your kids create an evening routine where they have things that they enjoy doing, but they also have things that they need to get done. And then a bedtime routine. And I split those into kind of different categories because a bedtime routine is like, to me, right before you're going to bed. So like 30 minutes before you go to bed, what are some things that will help you calm your body down? What are some things that will help you unwind that are maybe like screen-free activities? Right. So that's number two. Yeah. I love that. I love that because, um, I mean, you could even start like right after dinner. You could just like, you know, mm -hmm. let me lay on my clothes. Let me pack yes. my lunch. The less anxiety yes. you have in the morning, yes. the less decisions you have to make, right? Jenna loves to, <laughs> Jenna loves, Jenna is my organized one. She loves to do all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> and it is funny. I had my one that it's home, you know, she's more of a creative spirit and kind of resisted some of the routine stuff. But as she kind of got into the habit of doing it more and more, and I was kind of like, okay, we need to work on this. We need to work on that. Now she's probably way more routine than even I am. <laughs> but I think, like you said, you kind of, some kids are naturally more organized, but I think most of us appreciate good habits right. that we can kind of get into the routine. And then you can kind of like almost shut your brain down and just do mm -hmm. it, wrote. Yes. Like, 
Like brushing yeah. your teeth. You don't really think about brushing your teeth because you do it so much. But if you could automate more of your habits, yes. that takes less of your brain. Yes. And and that's what I always tell parents. I was like, this isn't about like creating a whole bunch of things for you and your teen to do. It does take effort to create good habits and routines. But like you said, once you get them going, they're automatic. You're working way less. You don't sit there and think, should I brush my teeth? Should I not brush my teeth? You just go and brush your teeth and it's it's like, yep, it's right. done. And it's stuff that's going to have to be done anyway. Yes. You just yeah. don't have to contemplate all the time. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. when am I going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So I always tell parents, this is about helping you work out of a job instead of putting things off so that you have a bigger job at the end when your kid is, you know, an adult or they've got kids and they've come back home. (laughs) This is about helping you work your kid to a point where they've got great habits so that they're ready to launch when the time comes. We're all about that, right, Jenna? (laughs) (laughs) She's laughing at me. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Then there's like that last one and you're like, wait, don't leave. (laughs) Stay with mom. Uh, I know, I know. My husband's Um, giving me the side eye like, no, they've got to all go. (laughs) Oh, really? It's my husband. I think he's going to struggle more with the last one. So the boys, though, he was like, okay, it's time for you to get out on your own. Oh, well, our goodness. last two are boys, so maybe that's why. And the last one is like 10 years away. So. Yeah, we got a ways to uh, Yeah, so he's just trying to get some some out of the house, right? Lighten the load a little. <laughs> okay, so what's the next? Uh, all right. Um, number three is understanding the school policy. If, you know, we were talking early, before this show started was, you know, sometimes we've moved. Sometimes you're living in a different area. Sometimes your kids are going from middle school to the high school and the rules are slightly different. So make sure you understand like if your school goes by hours, if they go by days, how late makes a tardy, how many tardies add up to an absence. Because a lot of times people have moved or they've shifted schools. And so they're not even aware of that. And then also make sure that your kids understand that, you know, hey, you can't stay home today because you've got the sniffles because you've only got eight days and you struggle with, you know, having days where you have such bad migraines, you really can't go to school. So help your kids kind of understand how many days total they have, what is an absence, you know, how many tardies, you know, what is a tardy, so that we're just all on the same page. It may be just review or it may be like, oh, I didn't realize that. So when you say hours, see, we, we've always gone by days. So hours, what does that mean? Hours is something we've switched to up here. And I know it was, a, and so sometimes like if the kids were doing, I work with kids that do, you know, that are in traditional school settings and then sometimes they're online. So if they weren't getting online, um, it can add up to the hours if they weren't going to school if they were tardy or truant, it'll add up to hours and you have to have a certain amount of hours. And so I think that gets even, it may make it easier for the schools, but I think for parents, I know I feel a little confused sometimes like, well, you know, how many hours is in a day? And so, but that is something that here in Ohio that we use. So interesting. Yeah. So just, I mean, if you move from, we did have a family, we had a family I worked with last summer and they moved from Florida 
to Ohio and they they got all kind, kinds of tricked up because I guess they were allowed to be like an hour or so, so late to school. Whereas ours, like if you're late a minute, you're considered tardy. Yeah, that, that's a long time, an hour. I know. I was like, wow, man, I would, I would have trouble getting to school on time because I'd be like, ooh, I still have an hour. <laughs> Everybody would be coming in late. Seriously. <laughs> okay, number four is uh, create home school, uh, homework and school goals. So a lot of times kids will be like, well, I'm going to do better in school. And I'm like, okay, well, let's think of one class that you would like to do better And can you tell me what grade that is? And then can you tell me maybe two things you could do differently? Like sometimes, sometimes it's basic, like show up to class. Sometimes it's show up to class and turn in all my homework assignments. A lot of times kids will pull their grade down like a whole letter grade, but just not turning in things on time. Right. So we just want to get a little bit more specific We don't need to do this for every single class because that would just overwhelm your student. But when we do set some school goals, try to think about the areas that maybe we need the most improvement. Um, Do we need a tutor's help? Do we need to um, take notes in class? Do we need to maybe bring the book home and the notes home and read them, you know, twice during the week? Right. That's great. So help your kids kind of think through that. Number five is make a list of stress busters. I know for a lot of kids, anxiety causes a lot of school avoidance. They don't want to go to school. They feel anxious and then they'll avoid going to school. And then they feel more anxious because then they don't, they're not ready for the the test that's coming up. So we just kind of encourage the kids to think ahead. Like it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be stressed, but kind of think through how can I, plan for the stress? What causes me the most stress? How can I recognize that I am stressed and that nothing unusual is going on per se, or nothing wrong is happening here? I just need to figure out how to manage that. Right. Yeah, that's a good skill to have because I think even adults, a lot of times we don't realize we're stressed. Yes. And then we turn around and we've gained five pounds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, or we're picking a fight with each other in our house, or we're just irritable and realize, you know, Hey, I I think it's just, I'm stressed right now. Yeah. Especially nowadays, everybody's on edge. Yeah. I I think, I think every, yeah, we have so much input coming in that I think we have so many different little feelings popping up in our teens, especially if they're on social media, they're getting all that input and sensory stuff. They've got school stuff, activity stuff, jobs, So it is a lot. We don't want to like hide our kids, but we just want to help strengthen those stress muscles. Right. Um, And then lastly, make sure that we're clear (laughs) as possible about how much time your teens allowed on social media. When does Netflix need to be turned off at night? How much screen time are they allowed to just be sitting on their phone? Now I know this can be really hard it was much easier with my older kids because there wasn't as much, but wow, it is, there's just so much out there and there's so many different devices. It's not just like the computer anymore. Now it's the tablet and the phone. And, but the more we can kind of clarify 
And I do encourage parents to utilize technology themselves, whether that be an app that monitors their, um, what their kid's doing on their phone or the Wi-Fi router that you can just turn off the Wi-Fi. I'm always surprised by parents. I'm like, well, you know, why don't you just turn off the Wi-Fi, you know, in the house so that they can't access some of this stuff. Um, so technology can work for us as the parents too. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we have Disney circle. Okay. Yes. I don't, I don't handle all that. My husband does, <laughs> but, <Okay. laughs> but I know it lets you pick what they can get on and yes. what time it goes off and stuff. Yes. And that can be super, super helpful. And it's not, you know, I know sometimes parents or teens, my teen, <laughs> you know, they can get upset like, oh, you don't trust me or, you know, I'm like, no, it's just about accountability, healthy boundaries. It's for myself as well, you know, to, I, I try to monitor what I'm on and, and how often I'm on. And so it's just helping you create good boundaries in the home. It's not like, I don't trust you, but I don't trust you because you're a teen, but no. <laughs> But just, you know, like I, I want to help you be able to do fun things and have fun time on internet, but not feel like at the end of the day, you feel yuck because you wasted your day. So it's kind of that healthy balance of fun, but yet, and then also just monitoring who has access to your team. You know, I definitely am very wary of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of times kids don't don't realize how bad it can be out there. <laughs> yeah, how dangerous the world is. Right. So exactly. what do you do when you get pushback with a teen that doesn't want to do this? So two things that I kind of look at. One is how you're approaching it. Sometimes we can um, forget to shift. I think especially with our, our first teen that comes along, I know I struggled to shift how I was talking to them. So sometimes it can be our approach if we're getting pushback from our teen when we're trying to sit down and create a plan for the school year. You may need to look at, am I um, coming in the room like my kid's a six-year-old and saying, hey, you need to put down what you're doing and we're going to do this right now. That's not going to work with a 16-year-old. Right. So you want to be respectful in your approach and just say, hey, I want to get on the same page with you before school starts. I want to create some goals. I want to hear what you're excited about, what you're worried about, and just so that we can kind of um, talk it through and create a plan so that we have a great school year. So sometimes we just need to back up and kind of think through our approach, allow our kids time to have input, allow our kids time to think through what they want to do. And then sometimes if we are butting heads on it, you know, just backing up and kind of going, okay, well, let's, you know, let's take a break. Let's think about it. You think about it. And a lot of times if I give my kids room to think things through, they will come to the same conclusion that I was, or they'll come up with something even more clever, but it doesn't feel as forced on them. And I think most teens want to feel respected and want to feel like they have some control over their life. So this is about, you know, them having more control over their life. We're just creating a plan and then we both have input into it. So that's the first thing. So if you're getting pushback from your kids, just kind of think through, you know, am I approaching them in the right way where they feel like they, that this is something that helps them gain more autonomy and control, not something that they feel like they're just being told what's going to happen. 
Right. Yeah. So what kind of feedback have you gotten from people in your class who have done this contract with their kids? Well, let's see. Oh, well, one other thing I did want to point out, Rachel, if you'll let me back up just a minute. Sure. So the other thing is that sometimes I do see that when parents try to put some boundaries, some um, goals and rules down, that they will get a lot of pushback because they realize that that it's that the household is more kid directed than parent directed, that it's more kid controlled than parents kind of guiding the kid. So a lot of times when parents run into this, they're like, oh, nothing works. This doesn't work. Nothing works. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just back up and get to the bare minimum of what we need to have happen first in the home. And so that like sometimes the kids are, like I mentioned, they're staying up at all hours. They won't get up at school for school and the parents are just kind of at their wits end because basically the kid has been allowed to do whatever they want for so long that if they don't want to go to school, they just don't go to school. (laughs) So I used to kind of encourage parents, okay, let's just back up and kind of work on one area. And, you know, I, I kind of choose a basic evening routine and bedtime routine. Let's kind of, you know, decide what is an appropriate bedtime, you know, with some, a little flexibility, but let's get them on that page and let's kind of create maybe a few rules at home. And then some of the school stuff will work itself out a little bit better. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. D- baby steps. Yes, exactly. So you don't have to fix everything at once. If you kind of run into that resistance, like really strongly and you're like, oh my goodness, this isn't working. Then just pick one area to really focus on and let go some of the other stuff for a few months and then, then work on that other stuff. So, right. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you were talking about, um, what kind of feedback have you gotten from people in your group that have done this? Well, most of the time they're just like glad that sometimes parents just need a little encouragement and permission to sit down and do this. They feel like, well, you know, I've raised my teen to, they should know all this. And I'm like, well, you know, they're still learning too. And high school is a new experience. So a lot of times they're just glad that somebody's kind of structured it and given them permission to go ahead and, and, you know, do things like, you know, create a bedtime. Yeah. They're not, they're not kids anymore, but you can still say, Hey, you need to be in bed by 1030. Right. You know how, how that looks. You have a little leeway, but you know, I want lights out by 1030. So sometimes parents are just relieved to be given permission to do it. And then a lot of times parents are just very thankful to have an opportunity to just sit down and work things out with their teens to hear their teen. Like, you know, I didn't realize that was so important to my teen or a lot of times they'll tell me, I didn't realize that um, this was bothering my teen so much. And so by sitting down and kind of creating a plan when you're calm, it helps both parties feel a lot more like in control and that, that the relationship is, is mostly positive. Right. It's funny when we split the parents and teens and have them do different things. A lot of times they want the exact same thing. We have a communication exercise and they have something that they, they work on creating I statements. And so they have to pick something to talk about in the I statement. And it's so funny how often they'll come back and it's the exact same topic. So that same topic our same area of conflict is bothering both of them. They want to solve it. So a lot of times just helping parents see that, hey, you guys, 
even though your teen is going about things differently than you and you're going about things differently than your teen once, you guys are on the same page about the fact that you care about the same thing. And so just hearing one another and saying, okay, you know what? We both care about this problem. We both want school to be better. Um, so how can we listen to one another and use our both of our great ideas and kind of come to an agreement? So a lot of times it's just that eye-opening like, oh, you know, even though we're going about it differently, we really do care about the same things. Right. It kind of puts you on the same team. Yes. Yes. We're working together. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, necessarily opposed. Right. Uh, and I love this whole idea because it's so proactive. Instead of like, we wait until yes. a problem starts and then we react, yes. <laughs> you make it clear ahead of time. These are my expectations. This is what we're yes. going to do to help you. And so they know these are the boundaries and, yes. you, sh and you show them you want to help them reach their goals. Yes. Yeah. I love exactly. it. I think too, once a parent realizes, once it is clear too, if, if they do need to clarify it later or they need to put a consequence down, it's a lot easier to do because you've been clear on what the rule was. Right. So it's a lot easier if you walk in the room and your kid's still on their phone and it's 11 o'clock and you told them lights out at 10. It's clear what needs to happen. You, you take the phone and walk out of the room. I, we don't need to yell about it. It's just, okay, well, this is what we agreed. And it just gets a little easier on everybody. Right. Yeah. Expectations make a big difference. Yes. Yes. So do you have anything else you want to add about this? Um, I just encouraging parents to, to feel like they can direct their kids that our teens want to know, you know, the best way of doing things. They want to be young adults. They want to, to be headed the right direction and feel like they kind of got some of this stuff figured out. And so we as parents just need to be a clear voice. It doesn't mean we're going to be the only voice, you know, but we do need to be uh, clearly leading them. So a lot of times parents, like I said, they just kind of hesitate a little bit and it's like your, your kid wants, wants that leadership. They want to hear from you. They want to spend time with you. It's going to look a little different than it did, you know, <laughs> five years ago, but they still want you to help them decide some of these things and help them lead as they're making all these little decisions. So just encouraging parents to, to feel like that there's such a vital role still in their kid's life, even though their kids can do a lot of things on their own. Yeah. What do you think about this contract, Jenna? What are your thoughts on this? I don't really know because I'm already doing a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I could yeah. see how it would be helpful. Like, oh, what's a good goal this year? Let's just work on one goal. You know? Yes. Give you a little bit more focus on like... Yeah. And there were some sections like... When I went over it with my daughter the last year, like that we didn't need to worry about as much, you know, like she said, like Jenna said, um, you know, I feel like I'm doing pretty good in this area. And so it can just be like, is there anything else you want to work on? Or you just skip that section. And that's what's nice about it is that you can tailor make it right. to, to meet your needs. It could be like a once a year checkup, you know, like you go take your car in for a checkup or whatever. Yes. Or yeah. your body to the doctor for a checkup. Yeah. Like, here, let's do a little checkup right before school starts. Do we need to work yes. on any of these areas? Are we having trouble? Yeah. 
And I know with my daughter, we've already been talking about the upcoming school year. And I was like, okay, what did you like about last year? What didn't you like? Just so that when we do get started, the expectations are a little more realistic, you know, because, because high school, especially, um, this school contract can be used with tweens and teens, but when kids get into high school, things do change a little bit. Uh, so that can help kind of clarify those. Right. So where can someone find this contract? On uh, your website? Well, yes. Uh, so you can find my, the contract, the back to school contract on my website. If you go to the reluctant cowgirl.com and up top, you'll see it says resource library. If you just click on that and drop your email in there, you'll get the password sent to you. And that has my library freebies. And then I also just wrote a book when teens hate school, 10 smart strategies to overcome school refusal. If you get that contract and you're like, okay, this is great. This is what I need but I need the next level. Like I need someone to kind of walk me through the steps. That book is kind of 13 years of experience packed into a, a book that you can sit there and read in about two sittings because I know parents are busy, but it'll give you lots of actionable tips to kind of help you walk through that and kind of give you a lot more meat to how to do that. So a lot of parents are finding that helpful. Can, can we find you anywhere else? Uh, are you on Instagram or Facebook? Um, yes, I'm on Instagram at The Reluctant Cowgirl. And then I'm also on Facebook at The Reluctant Cowgirl. So, yep, those are my two main social media places that I'm on. Thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with us, Miranda. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to put the link to her website in the show notes. Go check it out. She has so much good info and resources there on her website. If you're a parent, grandparent, or mentor, we would love to have you join us in our free private Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Raising Confident Teens Community. We would love to have you there. Have a great week.